0: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.
1: So, Dak's got a new contract. Nets have a new player. And we've got slam dunks to talk about. Let's go to work.
2: 1 800 919
1: 3776. Also be on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 7 fm It's ESPN New York Tonight, along with Mike. And Brian, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, Mr. Damer, sir.
0: Larry, how we feeling, my man? How was your weekend? All right. Weekend was excellent. Yours? I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. Very good.
1: Very good. Well, i tell you one thing. Uh, we have a poll question, which we'll talk about in a second. But people in Dallas are breathing a huge sigh of relief right now.
0: Yeah, my weekend wasn't as good as Dak Prescott's Monday no, was. No, His Monday was better than all the weekends I've ever had in my entire life.
1: Uh, financially, uh, that yeah. might be you and yeah. I combined.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would trade all of them for that one day. That would be a good deal. That would be a good deal for me. That
1: would be. That would be a great deal, and it's an excellent deal for Dak Prescott. And it's it's interesting because this move affects the Jets, kind of, Gordon? in the sense of, well, that's one less place for a quarterback to go, right? Because we were, I mean, we're, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Russell West, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson being, in, talking about maybe he'll go to the Cowboys. Yeah. And now, you know, so obviously that's not a landing place. Ben Roethlisberger staying in Pittsburgh, that's, he's he's being re-signed. That's not a landing place. So, you know, once again, as we play these musical chairs that we've been doing this whole off season, it's fascinating that, this move locks, not that we thought that, you know, Sam Darnold was going to Dallas, but nevertheless, you just, it's one less team that is going to be able for the Jets to make a deal for him now.
0: Well, look, I'm happy for Dak because after everything that has happened, uh, you know, in the past year or the ankle and everything else, I'm very happy for him. He finally has a long-term contract extension. So he's happy in Dallas, but more so than for him, I'm happy for me because I don't have to hear about any more ridiculous trades to the Cowboys. I don't have to turn on get up every single day and watch them talk about the contract when there's nothing new about the contract. So I'm happy that at least in terms of a topic of conversation moving forward past today, Dak Prescott's contract is not going to be one of those that we have to check in. That that, that topic of conversation is now exclusively reserved for Deshaun Watson.
1: Yes, it is. It is. (laughs) $126 A hundred and twenty six million guaranteed sixty six million signing bonus
0: Well, look, I mean he kind of bet on himself, right, and it yeah. seems like it paid off, right? I mean, he could have taken a deal before the the injury before this past season, and he decided to you know ride whoever his advisor is if it's if it's just him advising himself I'm not sure I'm sure he's got people around him telling him the way to go. It certainly worked out for the best for him.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about that, and it's going to be interesting, right because now. When, with him coming back, you figure Dallas is set, okay? They've locked themselves as, mm-hmm. you know, a team that should be better than they were last year. They're a team that you hope goes forward. And the question now for Dak Prescott is, and the other pressure, is he going to be able to live up to this contract? Because what, what was the big holdup for the contract, Gordon, is was we're not sure whether or not he is a franchise quarterback whether or not he's the guy that can move us forward and get us to a super bowl
0: yeah uh well look they have they even in a year where he played what four games four complete games yeah. uh yep. they have made up their mind that they could not allow him to get away they you know the the uh, the contract after franchising him last year would have been uh, kind of tough considering the the cap going down this year so they have locked themselves in for sure. You know, four years, 160, 126 guaranteed, a signing bonus, as you said, of 66, which is the highest in the history oh. of the NFL, oh. and uh, $75 million due in due uh, in year one. You know, for all the credit that Jerry Jones gets for being this amazing businessman, I don't know. That, look, if they win a Super Bowl, it will all work out. But in terms of, you know, working out a deal and getting the better of that deal, this is not one that he got the better of the deal.
1: No, he did not. He did not. And actually, Gordon, when you think about it, by not signing it earlier, he's he's paying more. Yeah,
0: absolutely. He's paying more. Absolutely. He would have been better off, you know, for going – last year, what was it, about the fourth year or the fifth year, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. he would have gotten himself a much better deal. Even in a year where Prescott got hurt last year and didn't play, they would have gotten a much cheaper deal for the Dallas Cowboys long term than this one that they got here. But, look, they wanted the player. I'm happy for Prescott. You know, the NFL is that one sport where – it can all really go away in a heartbeat. We saw that yeah. with with Dak last year. And with the non-guaranteed contracts, you got to get every penny that you can. So I don't uh, begrudge anybody in not the NFL all. for trying to get every single dollar. It has to not just last his lifetime, his family's lifetime, everything to set him up for life. So good for him.
1: Absolutely. Because while we, we are blown away by these numbers, we both know he is not going to see all that money.
0: Oh, no. I mean, of course not. And the way it's structured, what is it, after year four that there's an opt-out so that it kind of helps them out cap-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the old line about NFL contracts are not worth the paper they're printed on, that is absolutely true. So uh, I'm sure that that will be the case here as well. But, look, it's always like this pressure on the, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys anyway, so yeah. I don't know that it necessarily ramps things up all that much more. But if it was possible to ramp it up even more – it has now been ramped up even more.
1: There's no question about it. Now, slam dunk contest was last night NBA All Star game. But before that, Gordon, since we left, Blake Griffin signed a deal with the Nets. Um, his his agent told our Woj, he agreed to a contract buyout with the Pistons on Friday. Cleared waivers over the weekend, so Griffin is using one of the Nets' veteran minimum contract slots, and. Uh, it, I'm a little confused with this, and you and I talked earlier. We're both wondering. I think there was another way that the Nets could have gone. I mean, Blake Griffin, listen, no disrespect to him, but it's it's really easy to see he is far from the player that jumped over Akia in the All-Star game.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's just not the same guy anymore. I mean, the injuries have certainly uh, caught up to him. I think the stat is he has not dunked in a game in uh, since 2019. I mean, that's oh. what his his game was based on on the athletic ability, right? Like, you know, jumping over cars and jumping over people. And, and um, it's the type of thing with, with him, he was never really big enough to guard the centers to begin with. And now with the loss of athletic ability, he really can't keep up with the athletic forwards either. So he doesn't really provide. That's the thing about this deal. It's a big name, but it's not really a big move because he's just not the same guy anymore.
1: He's not the same guy. And you wonder what he can do. And what his role is going to be on this team. Because, look, if you're telling me that Griffith is going to be the guy that when you rest uh, Durant or you rest, uh, you know, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan in the middle, that he's Mm -hmm. going to take some time at the center position, he's going to rebound, he's going to block some shots, okay, I'll buy that. He's not that guy. So, uh, A. B, you've got three superstars. That's the – Fabulous thing about having three of them, Gordon. One can always be on the floor at at all times.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's why it doesn't really make much sense because the issues that the Nets may have, and look, if they all, all three of them are healthy, I think we all kind of think that they're going to come out of the East. But even the issues that they have about rebounding and post presence, he's not a guy that's going to fix. You know, it seems like the the benefits of adding him is that he's a guy who can shoot some threes. And might be able to provide you some offense off the bench. Is that scoring off the bench really an issue for the Nets? I don't think scoring off the bench, scoring from the start, scoring is not an issue. That's not Uh -uh. really what uh, they have a problem with. So it is a puzzling move uh, because it just doesn't. It's a it's a big name acquisition, but it's not really a big addition.
1: No, I don't think so. I I really don't. We'll uh, get some thoughts when we return on this idea of Blake Griffin joining the Nets. Also, we have a poll question up for you at to ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7FM at Gordon Damer. Our poll question is this. The NBA version of the slam dunk contest began in 1984. So we want to know what is the best dunk you've ever seen during the slam dunk contest. Now, Gordon and I will weigh in much later. We don't want to influence you. yes. So we're way in later in the show. But I want to get your thoughts. We want to find out from you which one. And somebody has already did a YouTube version in answering the poll. So uh, when we return, we'll take your calls at 1-800-919-3776. We'll check on the poll. And I'll figure out who this person is that at Slice Brett is telling me is the best dunk he's ever seen. So, Gordon, this question, our poll question, led was based on the conversation you and I had while we were Uh, texting each other last night during the halftime of the all-star break of the all-star game with the slam dunk contest. And can I be honest with you? I think the slam dunk, I understand. I said it yesterday on the air, but now I'm really confirmed. I, I get it. I understand about, you know, set all-star Saturday night and slam dunk and three point and skills, you know, all this stuff. I get it. I, I've loved it. To be honest, the all-star the slam dunk at halftime is good for me.
0: Yeah, like the the, the, <laughs> the lesser focus, right? Yeah, it's, it's good for me. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it, I, I know it's for a TV audience, uh, but it's also for an audience in the building, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there's no audience in the building, you feed off that a- at home. Like it's not just about watching the dunk. It's about watching the reaction of the the, uh, the players. Courtside is the reaction of the, the fans in the stands, the sounds as they make those dunks. So um, I do kind of feel like the whole it almost has to be kind of reimagined or or, or gotten away with because it it just doesn't see, it doesn't, I feel like we've all, we've seen it all before, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the dunks now are technically better. Like the feats that they are pulling off, like Obi Toppin jumping off over two people is incredible, but maybe it's because we've seen so many dunks in the past, or maybe it's just the fact that, you know, this has been going on now for 40 years it just didn't land, I don't think, the way that, um, that, that it probably should. So maybe if they – the fact that you can't get any of the big names to really take part, maybe they need for it to go away for a couple of years and, and bring it back uh, down the road where people might be a little bit more excited to see it again.
1: That's been an age old discussion over the past decade or two, Gordon, about the slam dunk contest, because I mean, how how many different ways can you dunk a basketball? Right. right and, exactly. and that's really what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And without the marquee names, OK, w- would you want to see Zion Williamson in the slam dunk? Obviously, would you want to see LeBron James? And I mean, when you when you go back over the history of the slam dunk, that's what it was. It was Jordan. It was Dominic Wilkins. It right. was Vince Carter. It was it was the guys who dunked during, during games that you say, "Wow, if they're just going to dunk with their own imagination and creativity." What is that going to look like? And so, and I think the creativity is there. I mean, look at the kid last night from Portland who ended up winning. I mean, he put a a, a Nerf rim, <laughs> yeah, on the side of the box it, on, on the backboard, and he you know was ready to take the ball off that. And dunk it. That, like, I, I haven't seen that before. And what he was trying to do, the ultimate one, where he was going to kiss the rim before he realized, well, if I do that, I'm not going to have any teeth for the rest <laughs> right. of the season uh, without a mouth guard. I mean, I, I get the creativity. That's something that you haven't seen before. So I think that's where we're going with that. And and you're right. It it missed something without the fans. There's no question about it. The other thing last night, Gordon, was, and there's always going to be this situation, Right. And it is the, well, what constitutes a perfect dunk? The the the, gymnast, the Olympic gymnastic-style scoring mm, <laughs> that yeah. we see There's for the There's always a
0: shady element
1: to it. It is. It is. And, and you you're always wonder, like, okay, what is the, what do you need them to do <laughs> to get a 10? And then one person gets a 10, and then the other person doesn't get a 10. And then for the last one, this year they decided, guess what? We're not doing any scores. We're just going to tell you which one we like.
0: That's probably the better Great. way to go. Yeah, that's probably the better way. And look, the the creativity, as you said, like it, it's it's not like that. What the guys are doing now is less than what they were doing in the '80s and '90s. It's actually better. Like you take a look a few years ago when it was Zach Levine against uh, Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Those two guys. I mean, the dunks that they were pulling off. Uh, I think it was Gordon had one where the mascot. Yep. He was on like skates. Yeah. And he was spinning around, and he was holding the ball out, spinning around, and Gordon came up you know, behind him and timed it perfectly so the ball was where he needed to be, grabbed it, and then dunked. I mean, the level of difficulty is outrageous. Tremendous. And I don't even think that was the one that won the thing. I think that was the one where he jumped over the mascot. But, like, the level of athleticism that they are performing is incredible. It just doesn't land the same way for me, you know? I feel like yeah. I've kind of... You know, I've been down this road and uh it doesn't really uh you know, doesn't sizzle like it used to.
1: As a matter of fact, that was the one that uh, at slice brett put on our poll. The
0: one was where he the Aaron Alaska. Gordon
1: ones. Yeah. Well he put yeah. he put all of them. Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> he gave me the series. He right. allowed me to choose all any all of them he, he liked. Uh we had uh, Jason Richardson from uh, uh, God Brother Easy weighed in on Jason Richardson. Uh Gab underscore have. That's a nice one. Said 2016 or even last year's was really good. Um, Senku Phoenix said Vince Carter's 2000 slam dunk was phenomenal. Phenomenal, and Godbrother. I mean, listen. like Vince
0: was always excellent. Oh, like the the, he was. the 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 dunks that he was able to pull off, and that's where you get you know the the oos and the ahs of the crowd that yeah. has an impact when you're watching it. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that one, that one was I, I would, with all. Listen, Michael Jordan had incredible ones, and Dominique mm-hmm. Wilkins had incredible ones in the eighties. But I'm telling you, uh, that Vince Carter one, when he was when his elbow was in the rim, Gordon, and yeah. he's swinging <laughs> from there.
0: You know, Gerald that was Green was another guy. I don't remember what year he was in it, but I remember watching him in it and being like, wow. <laughs> I mean, the level of athleticism that he, you know, just jumping basically out of the building, he was uh, he was sensational as well.
1: He really was. He really was. You can weigh in at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Also, uh, we're getting your thoughts on uh, the situation with the Nets now. Michael K on the Michael K Show earlier today, two fifty five to seven here on ninety eight seven ESPN, is very happy with what the Nets have done, and he credits uh, the new GM Bobby Marks.
0: I just think it's amazing that we've lived through. The utter transformation of an afterthought franchise to one where somebody who's released and still has some basketball left in the system chooses to come here rather than the Lakers, rather than the Heat, that's how much they have changed the culture of what this team and this organization is about. And I totally credit Sean Marks. It's all him.
1: Right. Thank you, Michael, Brian, Sean Marks. I'm thinking Bobby Marks, who's on with us, who used to be with the Nets, who I dealt with for 105 years. James Harden weighed in on the Griffin trade. This was before it became official, but this is his thoughts on Blake Griffin joining
3: Brooklyn. You know, he just, I'm, I'm sure he wants to win. You know, if he's passed up on money, you know, to obviously stay, you know, in Detroit, he wants to win and he wants to have an opportunity to play uh, meaningful minutes and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's one of the reasons why he came. Uh, obviously, we know, you know, the athletic and high jumping Blake, but I think As of these, you know, last couple years, he's he's knocking down the three ball a little bit better. Uh, ball handling is a lot better, and he can be a great uh, contribution to this team. So, uh, if the the, if your sources are correct, then we'd be more than welcome and excited to have him on our Brooklyn Nets team.
0: (laughs) All right, that of course, like he doesn't know the players know ahead of time. (laughs) They know before anybody else knows.
1: Exactly. You know, because the, what what's it like over there? You guys seem like you're having fun. Is it, will I get some playing time? What's it like? Do you really need me over there? You know, that that chitter chatter.
0: No, we don't. But if you <laughs> want to come here and win a ring, you certainly are free.
1: <laughs> By the way, James Harden made some comments over the weekend that Gordon, I, I had to raise my eyebrow with. We'll share them a little later in the show. Our Jay Williams, who's part of uh, KJZ from 8 to 10 on 98.7 Monday through Friday, says it's official now. No one in the East is beating the
4: Nets.
5: Look, Joel Embiid is playing at a different level. Ben Simmons is my defensive player of the year as of right now. But I do think the Philadelphia 76ers will be there at the end of the day. I wonder if they have enough scoring punch. You're talking about three of the most prolific scorers in the game right now, all on the same team. And I just, I don't see anybody beating them four out of seven games in the seven-game series. I don't.
1: And, Gordon, as you always say, that's if all three of them are right. playing. I
0: mean, like, I, look, I, I understand, and I've been one of the, the big ones when, when they got hard, and I said, who's, who, who's going to possibly beat them? But can we get to see them, all three of them, play together for like a week? I mean, they, yeah. they basically have not played together at all.
1: No, they haven't. And you know the what? The
0: last game that, that Durant played was before Valentine's Day. I know. Which is you know, interesting. We're into, we're into March now. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not like it's a game or two where they're just kind of resting him. He's been out a significant period of time.
1: And what's interesting to me, and this is no disrespect to Harden or or Irving, all right, because they are tremendous players. And Harden is having – Gordon, I'm saying, you could argue about him being MVP with what he's been able to do he with his triple doubles. Both. Absolutely. I mean, he's been tremendous since he's come over with, to Brooklyn. I, I take my hat off to him. He's been tremendous. But it's not the same without KD. Right. It, it, it leads that's who, you...
0: That's what puts them over the top.
1: Exactly. There's a window that's left open without KD. All right? I mean, Philly, Philly is great. And, and the interesting thing will be, you know, in the playoffs, the other interesting thing is because you have the three of them, if you have the three of them, you can rely on them. But what's interesting is when you start to get into these playoff games, Gordon, as you know, you know, uh, the the... the uh, tactical moves start to come into play. You know, what What are you doing? What what cap, What type of defenses are you doing? What, what are some of the things you're going to try to do to eliminate at least one of them if you can? So, you know, coaching becomes a little bit more of an issue in the postseason. So if you're just down to two backcourt guards as tremendous as they are and you can't have the consistency of KD in the lineup, it's going to be a difference for Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, and it's nine straight games that he has missed now. Now, look, there's no rush for him to get back, get healthy, you know, all those type of things. But, and I would agree, right, talent-wise, but we have absolutely no real idea or any level of confidence that all – you know, it's not just about, hey, they're ready for the start of the playoffs. Yeah, maybe the first round takes forever, but then there's the grind of the playoffs. And are all three of those guys going to be there every single game? It doesn't seem like that's a sure bet.
1: Gordon, you go from – one, two games in two weeks to every other day.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and can they, you know, because we've seen it's not even just Durant. It's Kyrie. Kyrie's missed plenty of playoff games in his career as well. He's he's uh-huh. missed games at every level. He missed games in college. He's missed games in the pros. So um, in terms of the overall health, yeah, I mean, they, they're the, obviously if they're healthy, they're the team to beat. I've said for, for weeks now, if you were to pick one team to make the NBA finals this year, it's them. But it does feel like everybody's like, well, nobody can beat them. Well, maybe they'll beat themselves by not being able to play.
1: Yeah. And I always get shaky, Gordon, when everybody starts to say they right. can't be beat. Right. It That's makes true. me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I get really nervous. You've seen too nervous. much,
0: Larry. You've lived too long, my friend.
1: Yeah, I get real nervous. You know, then then, then I, 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 I take, instead of putting uh, quiet money, at promo code, Gordon, I start to give the ones that, that make noise. You know, little coins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is,
0: it is hard, though, to look at the East and say, all right, well, who, who's, I mean, the Sixers are going to give them a game, you know, like give them a real run. The Celtics, it's, it's yeah. tough to find the team that if they have all three guys that even match up. It is, like, and Milwaukee not is not Milwaukee. No. And
1: Milwaukee is not Milwaukee. The past couple of years, I mean, they're not. We'll we'll see what happens. Maybe with Holiday back and from the injury, maybe he'll get a little better. But they are not. They are not the same Milwaukee Buck team. And listen, <laughs> it, it, unless uh, Giannis, who hit a couple of threes last night, is going to be a three point wizard, they're going to go out early again this year.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they you know just when when Durant was available, uh, well, excuse me not with Durant, when uh, when Harden was available, th- not that there was any connection to the Bucks, but that was the team that should have been interested in him, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the t- that's the spot where that takes them from, you know, the Nets, they might have been the Eastern Conference favorites regardless if right. both guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. The Bucks, that's that's the move that they really needed and it doesn't really seem like they were all that um, you know, motivated and I don't know whether Harden would have wanted to go there anyway, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem like the way they've kind of drawn up things around Giannis is going to work long term. Certainly not with the the big three that they have in Brooklyn.
1: I mean, can you imagine trying to keep Giannis out of the paint with James Harden <laughs> hitting threes right. from all I over mean, the look, arena? I
0: mean, you talk about just how you draw up a team. Oh. I mean, that's the way you draw up a team. Oh,
1: that would have been that would have been interesting. Would have been interesting. Getting your thoughts on Twitter as to the. Best, most memorable slam dunk you've ever seen during the NBA slam dunk contest that began in 1984. Of course, there was an earlier one. The ABA started in 76, and that's the one you see the video of with Dr. J taking off from the free throw line and just slamming it. So, you know, that that's, the, that's where it all started. Then the NBA took over in 84. They've been doing it you know, pretty much every year during the All-Star Game. So we're getting your thoughts about that. You can also weigh in. Uh, on the phones at one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 Gordon, let's take some calls. Let's do it. Uh, let's go. Bubba. Buddha, I'm sorry. Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, I'm you're batting lead off. from now on. No, don't do that. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? It's your man Bubba. What's up?
0: <laughs>
1: what's up, Bubba Buddha? Hey,
2: how you doing, guys? Hope everything's well with you and your families, man. <laughs> That's Excellent. Funny. Listen, listen, three quick points. I know we're uh, we halfway in here on the hour. First point, I don't want to be the dead horse with um, Dak Prescott, but um, one of the only games that I remember where Sam Donald outplayed the out- opposing quarterback yeah, was good. against the Cowboys. Remember that when um, Jamal Adams took the ball out of his breadbasket? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, man, I remember my brother Chris was uh, calling and, and trying to explain to me how um, Jamal Adams was equal to Troy Polamalu. It was just the team that he had that was bad at him. I think we might want to revisit that conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but um, listen, you know, with um, with the NBA, with the dunk contest, you know, um, they, not only is it boring in terms of, like, you've seen pretty much all the dunks, but it's like it's only like four people competing. You know, if they were smart, man, they would do some WWF thing, like fill a briefcase up with a million dollars, hang it over the arena. And then open it up to just not only NBA players, but give a few, um, you know, walk ons, man. I mean, let people battle for pride. I think that would be more interesting, man. Not that many guys in the NBA want to compete in it. You know, it just it is what it is. The yeah. dunks have gotten stale. I mean, they miss too many dunks. That's another thing. Listen, you missed the dunk, you out. How about that? Let's get this going. It's like it seems like it takes like hours and hours, for, you know, to, just to get to the to the um, second round. It's just, I don't know. Just they lost a lot of people with that. You know, I, I, I guess, like you said, because a lot of the guys don't want to participate or whatever. But I think that's just something that you do, like, in your early years as a player. You know what I'm talking about? I remember when Kobe yeah. won? You didn't see him in it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, Jordan was in there in the early couple of years. You didn't see him anymore. Dominique was in the early couple of years. I mean, it's something really for, like, a person who's trying to establish himself. So, you know, why not open it up and, you know, see if somebody else off the street can win that thing, man. A million dollars, man. i watch that. Try to see these same old characters, man. And then, last yeah, point I had is um, you know,
0: reimagine it.
2: Yeah, they got to do something. I mean, it's yes. just it's just not you know it isn't. I mean, it's not like you said, It's not even that the dunks aren't good. It's no, the just, dunks are great, not enough it, people. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the dunks it just are great. Do you know, me, yeah. it's not enough people. You know, but last yeah. point I had is um, you know, when they talk about goats all of the time, we've been talking about a lot of goats and a lot of different categories. But, you know, every once in a while, you just sit down and you look at this guy in Connecticut, women's basketball, man. What does he have, like eight, 11? Uh, I think he had 11 um, titles, and he's had 13 players of the year. Every time you turn around, this guy finds some young lady that you've never heard of in your life, and, and she's like the best player in the world. I mean, if anybody's the a, a greatest of all time in terms of being a coach, I mean, i got to put him above all these guys, Belichick, everybody, man. That guy, man, I don't, his eyes yeah, for no, I mean, talent crazy. and developing talent is unbelievable. Now,
0: I mean, they've had streaks where they win eighty games in a row. Like it, it becomes like you don't even pay attention to when they win; you just pay attention to when they lose because they win all the time and they rarely lose. Now, they've not been—I don't think they've been uh, as good as they, you know, they they had those crazy runs lately. But I think this year they're they're good again, right? I think I'm pretty sure they are. I've not followed it all that closely, but. Um, they're they're back again. He's a great
2: coach, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great coach, man. Yeah, you have to give him his due, man. He's a great coach and a great uh, what do you call it? Cards. I guess it's not a talent value. A great R- recruiter. recruiter. Yeah. Like you can't tell me you've
1: heard of these girls. Some of these girls that he's picked wow. before, you've right. never heard of them. And and they're the players of the year every year. Well, I'll say this, guys. When when you when you have the track record that Gino oriyama has. They, it recruits itself.
0: <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. But but look, he had to get. You know, he didn't. It, it wasn't like he walked in and then no. he Mm-mm. had that reputation. Since right? he started he it, that reputation yep. stone by stone. So yeah,
1: he did. And and the longevity is not hard. The, I mean, the longevity is not easy. I mean. That, that's the part that you take your hat off to him. Like you said, Buddha, you, you're not sure who, who these players are. But even if he doesn't have the really big-name players that you might have heard of, still what he's got is his team plays together. They still win, even if they don't have an overabundance of talent. And thanks for the phone call, Buddha. Even if they don't have an overabundance of talent, he finds a way for them to win, and they compete. They're in it. They are the ultimate example, Gordon, of sustainable success.
0: I just I just pulled up Gino Ariema's, uh record, his career record. He has 142 losses. He has 1,099 oh. wins. Oh. What is that A
1: nine 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 winning percentage?
0: Eight eighty five. <laughs> Not quite. Eight eighty five. Wow. He's he's slumping lately. You know. He's also yeah. the fastest to read 800, 900, and a thousand victories. So he has he's a, he's, a, he's one win away from 1,100, uh, and he's got 142
4: losses.
1: Tremendous coach. He is a <laughs> tremendous coach. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7.
4: Hey, Larry Gordon. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Bruce. Um, The best dunk I have ever seen in my entire life was when Dr. J did it. Was that The the ABA All-Star Game, was it a dunking contest or was he doing it in game itself?
1: It was a dunking contest.
4: Okay. When he took off from top of the key... It looked like he was flying through the air. He looked like he was Superman. <laughs> uh, and, and, and and he was the first one to ever do that. I mean, I, I know Michael did it a similar thing later on, but Dr. J was the first one to do it. And a beautiful thing about Dr. J was was that he would do it in-game and dunking over play, players regularly. To me, I think that's even better than than the dunking yeah. contest because you are doing it in-game. I, I wish I could have gone... And to the Back to the Future time car, and go see Connie Hawk, Hawkins mm. when he was in his twenties. Yeah, because Connie was supposed to be unbelievable. He did. He
1: did a dunk, uh, Bruce and Gordon, where it was a windmill where he was swinging the ball because he had hands huge. People talk about the. It was similar to what people say about um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. His hands were huge and he was you know just, just in a pickup game somewhere and he was just and he would spin the windmill it around his head and then dunk it and you know that's what we call NBA now clearly and kind of what Buddha was saying you know you go to Rucker Park obviously you go to you know different street uh, games and whatnot there you see unbelievable dunks but yeah Julius Irving and that whole ABA as you know Bruce uh, was filled of guys where could had immense uh, athletic talent and would dunk a basketball at, at you know I- incredibly. David Thompson, who was a, a young man out of Carolina, who wasn't exactly six eight six nine, but more like six three six four, and he had the hops to dunk. And it was just there's so many great players in the ABA that a lot of people don't know about. But if you check on YouTube, you might be able to catch a few of them.
4: How about how about the Nets with Alty Taylor, who was like six one six two? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and to me, Dr. J, um, I may get up some fight with some y- younger people in the audience, but to me, Dr. J was the best dunker of all time because he do it in games, and he did it over people, and he would be, he would be imaginative dunks. And you know, it's one thing to dunk at an All Star game where there's no defenders and there's only chairs to defend you, and you jump over people. In a game, and somebody's defending you, and 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 Doctor J did it time after time after time. The, the funny thing is. After night, when he
1: was in net, there's no question, Bruce. And thanks for the phone call, Dr. J. And the other thing about him, Gordon, which is interesting because we when we think of Dr. J., we think of him dunking, mm-hmm. but he had a pretty good jumper as well. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he was an all around player. And you're right, because I mean, when he got to the Sixers, they had because of the expand the, the really they merged and some of the teams, you know, players were available. So the Sixers ended up, they had George McGinnis, who was really good from Indiana. They had Dr. J, of course. They had Bobby Jones. They had a number of great players, and yeah, he he sacrificed his game a little bit uh, to try to make it work with them. And uh, you know, once they got Daryl Dawkins, they were they were to be reckoned with. And then once they added Moses Malone, who was also in the ABA, uh, you know, Gordon, they won their championship there in Philly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been you know when we, we talked about this before the show, I kind of went back and you know you go down the the YouTube hole and uh, oh, you yeah. start looking at some of them and and, and the ones that Dr. J like the one where he like goes baseline underneath the basket and then comes back up the other side I mean the the, the length of time that he is in the air mm-hmm. does not seem like it's humanly possible right like it just doesn't it, when, when a human normally jumps they don't stay in the air and float there like that but uh, yeah I mean he was uh, he, he was a little bit before my time mm-hmm. so you know I wasn't I wasn't following the ABA as a kid right. like that but mm-hmm. uh, yeah had something certainly somebody I missed out on.
1: Oh, he—he was a tremendous talent.
3: Yes, Larry,
0: give it
1: to James Harden. Said I'm not even. I'm. I'm I'm not even going to listen to what James Harden said. Listen to this.
3: After the bubble... Kind of just reevaluated the team, reevaluated what was going on, and then took a you know a look in the mirror in, in a sense of you know what what mattered to me, and I think still trying to you know get a championship you know and compete at the highest level. I'm not the type of person to just go out there and play basketball just to just to play. Like I have to be competing for something and give myself a chance. So you know that was the ultimate decision. Obviously, never wanted to leave Houston, but the future and the way it was looking wasn't great at all.
1: Gordon. Gordon, <laughs> James Harden said he never. Did I hear that right?
0: Yeah, never. I, I didn't want to leave Houston. No, of course not.
1: So he what, would came, be,
0: what would give you the idea, Larry, that he wanted to leave Houston?
1: He was In bigger fact, than he, me when he got there. That's number right. one.
0: Number two, he said we wasn't even playing. He was, he was, he was at a
1: he was at a birthday party instead of being with the team. What do you mean you never want to leave Houston?
0: Yeah, I didn't I mean, want to leave on, Houston, James. but uh, I, I had to leave Houston. Right? Yeah. That was I mean, actually not the one that I heard. I heard – he, it, uh, it wasn't an audio. It was written, but it was a quote from him mm-hmm. where, you know, somebody was asking him about his game with the Nets and how he's been able to, you know, come here and basically, you know, hasn't missed a beat. He's still been James Harden, and he's kind of altered his game some and done whatever the team has wanted. And he said, you know, this is kind of what I did in Houston. I didn't get the credit for it there, but I'm getting the credit for it here. You were the MVP of the league.
1: I know. You were
0: the MVP of the entire sport. That's the credit. They gave you an award as credit. What else do you you want?
1: Well, you know why he's salty, Gordon. And it's the same thing you and I've said about him. He knows. He knows. It's... The postseason,
0: right? Yeah,
1: he knows. And yeah. let's face it, he hasn't played in the in the postseason the way he played in the regular season consistently.
0: Yeah, there's a you know like if the if the NBA's MVP award also included the postseason, I feel confident in saying the vote totals would have been something different.
1: Oh, there's no question. There's no question about it. There's no question. But I mean, come on, just say, listen, if he says everything he says in that sound soundbite, Gordon. And doesn't say, "I never wanted to leave Houston. I'm good. Right. I got it. Yeah. You looked at what it was. The team wasn't going where you thought it should be. You're looking at your age. You're looking at your contract. You're seeing an opportunity to go somewhere else, like so many other NBA players have done. I'm good. I got no issue with that. You have every right to try to better your situation. Okay. I may disagree with how you do it, but that you know who am I? I'm just a guy on the radio talking in the microphone." But you can't sit there and tell me that you never wanted to leave Houston. I mean, stop.
0: <laughs> right. I think the people of Houston <laughs> might disagree with that statement, James.
1: I'm sure they would. Yeah. Because they knew. They saw yeah. how you were.
0: Yeah. I mean, he basically he did everything he could, right? I mean, he did. He held his breath. He stomped his feet, and he forced them to, to make a move. Even yeah. after they said, you know, we're willing to get uncomfortable. And then it got a little uncomfortable. Like, we've well, we got to get this guy out of here.
1: Absolutely. So he got what he wanted.
0: <laughs> he did. You know,
1: for somebody who never wanted to leave, he had no trouble leaving. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah. It did not take. Wait a second. You guys traded me? Yeah. Oh, no. No, he was on the next play. He was on the plane when he got the news. That's right.
1: He sure was. He
0: sure was. Richardson,
1: Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hey,
5: Larry Gordon. All right. Let me give you the best college dunkers. The two best that I'd ever seen were. Dr. Duncan Steen, right? Mm-hmm. Darryl Griffith. Yep. And then you had David Thompson. Yes. And then the best group of college dunkers with the best name were the uh, Five Slam Jammers.
1: Houston. Yes.
5: Yeah? Those five guys Drexler. were great. Yes. Oh, those guys were great. Those guys were. were great. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about... Uh, Dr. J. Dr. J was not Dr. J in the NBA. Dr. J. was name was came from when he was in the ABA with Virginia and the Nets.
1: He was U.S. in
5: the NBA. That's right. <laughs> that's right, unfortunately. Maybe the first couple of years with Philly, but then when McGinnis left, he, he showed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best run I ever saw by a net player, really, the best nun, a run, and it wasn't Jason Kidd. And it wasn't Dr. J, but it was Rick Barry 50 years ago this time. He took a group of guys, John Roach, Bill Melchioni, and he took them to Gordon 50 years ago. This time, 1971, they went to the finals. They lost to Indiana. Rick Barry all by himself. They lost, I think, four games to two. But that was a great run, a great season the Nets had. And, uh, Larry, you remember who our coach was for the Nets?
1: That was Luke second. no?
5: Yeah, and who did the games on TV? Oh, no, you got me. Gordon, the greatest of them all. What do you mean, Larry? Don't give up. The greatest. Above moth.
1: Oh, you're talking Marty Glickman?
5: Marty was doing the games on TV. Yeah, that Marty year for Glickman. the Nets. All right, yeah, listen, my... fellas. Yes. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, is the biggest game in New York City, college basketball I'd say in the last 15, 20 years. If St. John's does not beat Seton Hall, I will be so disappointed. It's set up for them to make the tournament this year. If they beat Seton Hall, and then they play Villanova, which is depleted, two two of their starters are hurt. So there is no reason they should not get into the Big East Finals. And I think by getting into the Big East Finals, they will, even if they lose... They will get an at-large berth. So. And they have a possibility of winning the Big East, which would be nice. But St. John's, and you you got to root for the coach, this guy Anderson, who I saw, Larry, I saw him play in, I believe it was the 80, NIT, no, 80 or 81, he played with Paul Pressey on Tulsa at the Garden. I remember him, and I remembered Paul Pressey, of course, was the MVP. Do you know who your wow. coach was, don't you? That no. Tulsa team? No, who was it? Nolan Richardson.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Before he yeah, went to before
5: he went to okay. Arkansas, mm-hmm. he made his bones at uh, Tulsa. So yeah. that was a great nit nit team. But uh, Richard, I got a
0: question for you. Yeah. All right, you you are you know you kind of predate us on a lot of this stuff here. Oh, I love but it. said to Go you, up. the yeah. greatest television theme song of all time. Oh, okay. I was
5: Gilligan's Island, but I thought one before that. I sh- I made a mistake. Oh, I got a couple. Chico right. and the man. Don't forget that one. Chico and the man, oh. okay. Freddie Prince, Ch- right? No, the greatest of all. And I just thought of it, too. I was going to call you guys. Thanks for bringing it up, Court. No dispute. It's all instrumental. Larry, all instrumental. What okay. am I talking about? No words. Miami Vice. Uh, um, Hawaii uh, 5-0.
0: Oh, oh okay. come on, Richard. Give oh, us a couple of, turn, turn, us turn a turn a of bars. What's that? Give us a couple of bars of Hawaii Five-O for na, the na, going na, going. Na,
5: There you go. Na, 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 na. There you na, go. Na, na, na. La- Gordon, it's Gordon, a good let me give you one more thing. Now that you're uh, talking about theme songs, yeah. Larry, um. do you remember the theme song of the NBA game of the week in the early '70s when no. Bill Russell did it with Chris Schenkel? Do you remember? No, not the early '70s. Time no. out. Get into the groove. Do something nice for yourself. Time out for the NBA game of the week. Do you remember that, Larry? I
1: don't. You don't <laughs> wow, remember the themes? song? Oh, I don't. That was great.
5: And I'll give you another one, Gordon. One more quick one of me. the greatest sports commercials I've ever seen,
0: Ryan, very understated,
5: right now. was oh, a Vitalis God. commercial. Uh-huh. And Pete Maravich is with his girlfriend. They go to a playground, and kids are playing. And I think Maravich was in his first or second year with the Atlanta Hawks. And he and he starts doing say he oh they're, they're, him and his girlfriend are eating ice cream have ice cream cones and he gives his girlfriend the ice cream cone and it's a Vitalis uh, commercial you're using dry control by Vitalis you can't see and he's doing all the spin moves with the basketball and the kids are running all over they've never seen it and Maravich was so cool in the commercial do you remember that one Larry
1: <laughs> No not at all
5: You don't remember that No one? I okay. don't That's the no, second greatest sports commercial the Greatest Larry Gordon ever. Greatest uh-huh. sports commercial ever. Thank you, Gordon. Undisputed was <laughs> uh-huh. the Billy Martin, George oh, Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner yeah, that great, less Filling. That was yes. the great. I even think of that commercial. I start cracking up. Yeah. George was great. Billy was great. When George says, you're fine. But he says, not again. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was, a great so was always a pleasure. All thank right, Richard, you, guys. All
1: right, thank Richard. You. Thank you very much.
0: I told you I'd get him singing.
1: Yes, you did. You
0: did. <laughs> you win <laughs>
1: more than. I, on more I than think one. we all lost, but hey, look,
0: I, I won, right?
1: <laughs> on more than one, you got him singing.
0: I did. Well, a lot of like at least for Y five O, everybody knows. You know yes, some of those yes. other ones. He's asking if you remember it. It doesn't no. seem like it rang a bell.
1: No, it didn't. You don't no, remember that
0: Vitalis commercial from I absolutely uh, 1968? Do not.
1: Vitalis, wow! Yeah. No, I don't uh, remember that at all. No. That, that's amazing. I, Pete I'm Maravich, to go I remember. Down
0: the YouTube hole now. I got to go back to YouTube. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Put
0: in P- Pistol Pete, the ice cream, and everything else. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But like I said, I remember Maravich.
0: Oh yeah, no, of course,
1: <laughs> of course. But the Vital- and I remember the, the Miller Lite commercials you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, that the, the Miller
0: Lite. Those are those were fantastic commercials. The taste yeah. great, less filling. Were always great. The you know, euchre involved there. You know, the cast of characters that they had. Yep. Those uh, those spots was, uh, was incredible.
1: It was. It was. Gordon, for people who didn't hear what Don LaGreca said, we went into the files.
0: Oh, I have to hear this again? I have to relive the trauma?
1: But I'm going to take you through this.
0: All right.
1: You won't be doing it alone. All right. All right. Th- but he's talking
0: what... about me. He's not talking about you. Anytime he talks about you, he talks about wonderful, and, and rightfully so. He, he He characterizes you properly. You're a wonderful, fantastic person. Me apparently, I'm uh, the scourge of the earth. No, uh, no,
1: no, maybe just above. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. The, he didn't say you were the scourge of the earth. This is what
0: he uh, said. Listen to what he said.
1: What Gordon he said. Damer, I love him, and he's talented. He will tell you how the birth of your child's un- overrated. Like he he will find the negative in just. About oh, I anything. mean, I, I've I've seen him do it with great movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll take a great movie, pick it apart to the point where you don't even want to watch it. He will just find the negative. He'll be the one that tell you, you know what? That's an ugly baby. And he was giddy about the Knicks being a game above five hundred.
0: Well, first off, I was not giddy. Would you would you characterize me Never. as giddy about the Knicks? You know what no. the most hurtful part about that whole comment that he had was? What was that? What was it? When he says, Gordon Damer, I love him. The he way does. he says I love him makes it like, you know what? Most people despise him. <laughs> play that part again. Listen to how he says, Gordon Damer, I love it's almost like you're saying, you know, trash, I love trash, but most people you know, go ahead, play it one more time. Listen to how he says it.
1: Gordon Damer, I love him, and he's talented. He will tell you how the birth <laughs> hey, of your child's hey, un- overrated. Hey, hey, like he's he, a he will guy,
0: find the name. I love him. Most people don't. Very hurtful.
1: Gordon. Can we get um,
0: can we call Richard back to sing some more? Oh, we could. <laughs>
1: that is not even the question. As a matter of fact, he, I'm sure he's got some fight songs left in him. Right, that I'm he sure could, he does. <laughs> that he could do. I know that's right. Yeah. I know he does. <laughs> but Very no, I, I, I it I understand your feeling with it mm-hmm. and you know, but mm-hmm. here's what I say. Don't worry about it. All right. They roll off your back. So. you are you'll loved here at night. You're that's all. That's
0: here. all that matters. You know what? That's I the found a line. place where I'm actually uh, at least tolerated. I'm just looking for no, tolerated. No, 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 no. You know? So no, no,
1: no. You're more than tolerated here. I
0: appreciate that, Larry. You're a
1: key member of the show. You. Of the show. Of this team. That. Key member. Key member. That. Just oh, like Gary Sanchez,
0: oh, right? <laughs> is a key member oh, oh,
1: God. of the that's Yankees.
0: Almost worse than uh, no, I was no, no, now.
1: no, oh, no, 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 no. No, he's a key member. You're you're important. Is Gary so Sanchez not I'm important for the Angels,
0: English? is what you're telling me here?
1: No, of course not. Of course not. No, 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 no. I mean, Aaron Judd spoke to the media today, and obviously, okay. like everybody else, Gordy's talking about Gary Sanchez.
0: Aren't you
1: tired, of, are you tired of talking about Gary Sanchez already? It, it are you a little bit? It
0: just feeds into the narrative that the, he, this guy is so <laughs> mentally soft, everybody's got to pay him. Con- it's like this, it's this, this person, right? Everybody knows that kind of person, that they're just so... I, I don't even know what the right term is. You know, they're so down Needy. on themselves. Needy. Needy. yes, clingy. Yeah. Um, but more than that, that they always have to, you always have to build them up. You always you have mm-hmm. to be careful what you say. You got to kind of mm-hmm. walk on eggshells around them. You don't want to say the wrong thing. It could be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And that's, it seems like Gary Sanchez.
1: Yeah. And And I hope that he does, which I know he won't, because everybody does, even though they say they don't. And that is, read what people say about you. Read the press clippings, hear what people say about you on radio or TV. How many times do players say, I don't listen, I don't listen, right, right, right. Okay, right. Right. They know it. They know it. And, okay, even if they don't listen, they got family members who do, (laughs) (laughs) who tell them the same thing. So this is so interesting about scouts and Gary Sanchez. So, look, everybody was talking about, well, he doesn't catch well. Gordon, here's the bottom line, and we know. We'll hear from Aaron Judge in a second. He's ne- as you said. He's never going to be an all-world catcher. We got that. We know. All he needs to do, Gordon, is do the best he can behind the plate, make some contact, don't strike out badly. Like just like you're waving at your pitches that that you know you're not going to hit. Keep in mind what your strike zone is. All right. And if the ball happens to get past you, because the ball gets past everybody sometimes.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Can you just go after it like it's a sense of urgency? That's it. That's it, Gordon. That's all you're asking from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we, as you know, as I've said many times, he's he's never going to be Johnny Bench. He doesn't have to be Johnny Bench, but if, I mean, you know, there was a time after 2017. I remember being on this station, and people were, we were having a conversation. Other shows were having it was like that. One of those talking points was who was the Yankees' best pure hitter, and people were bringing up Gary Sanchez because that's how good of a hitter just yep. an all-around hitter it was he wasn't just it wasn't just power nope. he could he could do everything with the bat and that guy has ceased to exist yep. i mean he was oh, he was passable in 2019 because he hit a bunch of home runs uh and, and he put up an ops of 841 so you you'll live with that mm-hmm. and look maybe the the 2016 version when he came up and he was doing everything and he was unbelievable Maybe that was just, you know, a, a mirage of who he can be as a major league player. But in 2017, he, 876 OPS, an OPS plus of 126, 33 homers, 90 ribbies, batting average of 278. He got on base 34% of the time. I, I, don't, underst- I don't understand how that guy has turned into this guy.
1: Has the league caught up with him? Is it something where they they figured him out now? They they know what to do he, because Gordon his strike zone is so inconsistent. It doesn't change from game to game. It changes from at bat to at bat.
0: Yeah, but last year he couldn't even hit fastballs. Like, I know that's, that's scary not thing. That's not league figuring it out. I mean, they, they figured out you can't hit fastballs. They're just going to keep throwing fastball. I mean, you know, it's one thing that oh this guy swings at the first pitch or you know pitch him low and away and he'll chase. I mean, he he could not hit last year.
1: It was scary. Here's what Aaron Judge had to say about Gary.
4: Gary's
2: going to have a special year this year. You know, just the changes I've seen him make, the improvements on both sides of the baseball and, you know, Gary's a guy that can go out there and win AL MVP. You know, he's that dynamic and he's that important of a player to this team. You know, he's a guy that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to run against him on, you know, if I was on the base path. And, and when he's at the plate, you know, you don't want to leave anything out over the middle and he's going to do some damage. And, you know, even seeing the game today where I think some guy was on in front of him and then he takes a base hit to the right field, you know, he's going to throw a little fastball away and I'll take my base hit. You know, so seeing those improvements, those changes has been huge. And we have him, you know, if he's hitting seven, eight, nine, five, six, wherever he's hitting in the lineup, man, he's going to make a difference for us. And, uh, be a
1: huge part of our team. Seven, eight, nine.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I would disagree with them in that I don't really think the Yankees are relying on him. Uh, I think I agree. That their lineup is so deep that if Gary Sanchez can just kind of be league average, that's fi- you know that that's fine. Just whatever he can provide is great, and maybe he does have a hot streak or two. And, and and look, if he ever got back to the player he was a few years ago, that would be sensational. But counting on him? No, I think the Yankees are counting on Aaron Judge and LeMahieu and Stanton and and a whole bunch of guys before you get to Gary Sanchez.
1: And obviously hitting the ball the opposite way for Gary Sanchez is is a good sign. There's no question about that because that's what he did when you talked about him in 2016. Mm-hmm. That's right. why people said he was a great hitter because he was able to hit to all fields. That's what made him so good. Yeah, he pulled the ball mostly to to left field, obviously, but he hit some the opposite way. He hit some the straightaway center field. So if he can get back to that, yeah, there's no question about it. Gordon, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, the Yankees, because i got some met problems I have to talk to you about after the okay, break.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do
1: it. But but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, how is Aaron Boone back? How is he back already they this said, weekend? They said he was
0: going to be back, right? I mean, he came back for Yankees Pirates spring training game. I mean, yeah, you talked about a dedication to the job. I mean, boy, oh, boy, that is dedication to the job. I Look, mean, you- I, I guess it's the type of thing now where it is just kind of like an outpatient procedure, even though it's your heart and it's a pacemaker and I, I guess that's just, it, it seems like it's routine. Nobody brought it up. Like, why is he, you know, he should be away for longer. So I'm assuming, you know, he's got the best doctors in the world. Yeah. They're telling him, go go do what you got to do. It, it's, it's I heard crazy. his his heart rate at times before this procedure was down to 33 beats a minute or something like wow. That. So that. Wow. So that tells you that, they, you know, they could not put this off you know you don't you don't have elective surgery like uh, when it comes to your heart i mean you know no. you get it when you have to get it and, and clearly he needed to get it so That's hopefully for sure. he's, he's he's feeling better and i don't know i would think that the days would be you know if you have a procedure like that you get worn out a little quicker than than when you're back 100% but i guess he it's the type of thing where he's back close to 100% that he can do his job and he wants to do it
1: yeah definitely definitely <laughs>
0: You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.